Now listen into this. Australia calling. Australia calling the world. The time has come to speak for ourselves. Isn't that fantastic, that audio? It's the sound of the first broadcast from Radio Australia back in 1939. Uh, The organisation had been just freshly set up by the Prime Minister of the day, Robert Menzies. It was a shortwave radio service designed to counter enemy propaganda in the Pacific. The story of Radio Australia has now been told in a new book by Phil Kafkalides, who presented The Breakfast Show on Radio Australia over many years. You might also remember his fabulous court reports here on the drive show years and years back. He joins us here uh, from uh, from Melbourne. Hi, Phil. Hey, Richard. How are you? I still have very fond memories of your ability to get the court cases of the day and create these amazing human dramas out of them. Because that's exactly what they were, and I love that. And that's what I've done with a book too, I think, because, you know, people might think, oh, a story about a broadcasting network. Oh, how droll. But no, you, you can. I mean, I think I think life is full of fun, really. And, uh, yeah, so the broad, yeah, doing the court cases was something else. Yeah, now there's lots of drama, you know, including transmitters being shut down at, at gunpoint in this book. But But let's start at the beginning. Tell us why it was set up. Well, it was Robert Menzies. He got a little bit annoyed. He was the Prime Minister of the day, 1939. The war had just been declared. We had followed Britain into the war. And he was a little bit annoyed because the Axis powers, Germany, um, Russia at the time was an ally of uh, Germany, they were putting out a whole lot of propaganda because Australia had declared war on Germany as well. And they were saying things, some of it was pretty tame, like uh, Australia stole uh, stole this country from the French, you know, mm-hmm. because remember La Perouse was here early, you know, and so it would have more people scratching heads and getting annoyed, really. But apparently, Robert Menzies got very annoyed by this. Um, there was also a claim made by Russia that they were trying to get under Australia's skin. So they said things like, Australia has treated its indigenous people terribly. It took the land from them without any recompense and words to that effect. So I think looking back <laughs> 80 years later, you go, well, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, there was yeah, something yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. But, but at the time, we were British, according to Robert Menzies, and um, you just don't say things like that about us. So he decided to put in a service which would be an anti-propaganda service. So he hired a very small – he didn't. He just, he just got this thing set up but uh, paid enough money to allow – for there to be four language services, German, Dutch, French. So the Dutch and French going to the the lands to our north and to our east and German, obviously, Germany. And Spanish, for some reason, which I've never quite divined. Maybe it was the whole Franco thing, I'm not sure. But And English. So they just started on a shoestring and got it going to be a service. And I talk about it in the book, what is propaganda, what is anti-propaganda, um, but, you know, because at times the, the, the idea behind it was to put the picture of Australia as it really is. But as I kind of discovered, there are a lot of things that weren't that good about Australia that were left out. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't mention anything about the looting after the bombings in Darwin because Australians didn't loot. Um, there were things that were not said about the, um, the, the bombing of the – or the, uh, the midget subs that came in Sydney Harbour. You know, Radio Australia reported nobody died. And, of course, as we know, many did. So, But it was times of war, so, you know, 
maybe you know there were certain things you just don't want yeah. to put out well, we to give the enemy yeah, sucker. He certainly wouldn't be the only only country to censor a bit during during wartime. More yeah. more recently, a lot of those languages have fallen by the wayside, and the the focus has shifted, hasn't it? It's it's shifted to Southeast Asia and the and the, and the Pacific, and these seventy six local radio stations, twenty countries, and broadcasting in this tradition, hopefully of of being fair and impartial. Yeah, well, that's the whole point of it, really. I mean, if we were uh, the ABC, a private organisation, you just wonder whether there would be the same sort of fairness. I mean, most journos I know who work for private outlets are, are very good. But the ABC prides itself and, of course, is mandated to be as unbiased, as more unbiased than anybody, you know, if you can be more unbiased. Um, but that was the thing. That's when, when I joined in... 2005 doing the breakfast show here we had just started moving into Asia again because we had stopped that there was so much movement I mean that I called it the search for a purpose and um, and I think there was you know after the war finished why were we still going if we were anti-propaganda and we had lots of different purposes and so we kept moving our shortwave transmitter into different places to um, to have different purposes like after the war Arthur Corwell who became the leader of the opposition at one point but he was our immigrant Minister, he used Radio Australia to be the tool to get into Eastern Europe to encourage people to come here as part of the post-war immigration scheme. So Radio Australia was seen as being, you know, a tool of the Labor Party. And um, after Labor got out in 1949, Robert Menzies got back in. He went. I'm going to close my baby down, folks, and uh, and he almost did. He almost got away with so it. So the, yeah. the the constant challenges about the role and and relevant uh, 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 sort of relevant re- re- uh, re- relevance relevance. Thank you. <laughs> I've misspelled it in my handwritten notes, and therefore can't say it. Um, Phil Kafkalides is is here talking about his new book called uh, called Australia Calling about Radio Australia. If you've had some experience with Radio Australia, maybe you've been working in the Pacific and and have relied on the service. Give us a call one three hundred triple two. 702. Namilla uh, uh, Benson, um, who you have seen recently, I'm sure, on ABC TV on, on Artworks, uh, she has been producer and presenter of Radio Australia's Pacific Service with shows like In the Loop and the music show Pacific Break uh, for, well, uh, not quite as long as Phil, but nearly as long as Phil, and she's on the line too. <laughs> Namilla, good afternoon. Hello there, Richard. Hello, Phil. Hello, stranger. Hey, Namilla. <laughs> How are you? Now, tell us, because you're, you're originally from PNG, right? So I'm really interested to know what it's like broadcasting to your people in a way. Well, it absolutely is that, Richard. And look, as a Melanesian sister, it was with a great deal of pride that I joined the team at Radio Australia. It was probably a little bit of legacy work as well on behalf of my father, Warriam Benson, who was one of the original broadcast journalists that started with uh, Radio Australia. Oh, gosh. I mean, he started working with the ABC in 1961, but my family migrated to Australia in 1973. Uh, And let me tell you, every single time I would, because dad was just daggy dad, but of course we would travel back home to PNG, whether it was in the main cities like Port Moresby, but going back to our village in Rabaul in the East New Britain province. And dad was like a rock star. (laughs) It was crazy. So I thought, well, hang on a minute. Let me get a bit of that action. But um, 
um, just knowing how important, especially the shortwave service was for people back home. I mean, in the village, my grandfather, my late grandfather spoke with a very kind of clipped English accent, which he learned from the great broadcasters through listening to Radio Australia. And he could argue and debate with the best of them when it came to international politics, because this tiny transistor radio was his lifeline to the rest of the world. Wow. So if you go to the villages of PNG or the villages of Fiji or some people are really listening to it, they're really using it? They absolutely are. It's it's really incredible to see how much influence Radio Australia has back home in the islands. And, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, it's the same as anywhere where you go where people will hear a story or a voice that really resonates with them and they want to share their stories with you about how they relate or engage with a particular story. And honestly, just being able, especially because I was born and bred in Melbourne here in Australia, but being able to connect with and hear, you know, snippets of my language, but also my people's stories, you know, it is, it, that was a real privilege that I was able to do that. Namila Benson is his host, Phil Kafkalides. And, and Phil, uh, Namila talks about the, that connection with the listeners. That's very important, obviously, in, in any news outfit. You talk about this moment, for instance, that you're on The Breakfast Show and there's a tip from Timor Leste that says that uh, there's an assassination attempt being made on the leadership. What you remember that, Namilla? That was an amazing day, that, that one. Yeah. yeah. What we did, we had, you know, when we started, and just to take us back, um, when we started, we had nothing. You know, we were starting from zero, really. We had shortwave, but we were going into FM and doing digital. And it took a couple of weeks to get an SMS through or to get an email through. I forget which one it was. I think it was an SMS. But a couple of years on, yeah, we got this email, this SMS from a listener who said, I've just driven past the presidential palace as such. It's not really a palace, but uh, I just drove past and there's somebody lying. I think they're very badly injured in the road and there's police everywhere. So that allowed us, and this is the joy, and you know this, Richard, it's the joy of the ABC that when something happens, we've got people who know people. And so... With, while the news was on, we were making contact with people and by five minutes past nine, I think it was, we had confirmation that there had been an attack on the presidential palace. Shanana Guzmao and um, Jose Ramos Horta, the president of East Timor, um, they had been attacked. And so we went live for three hours. Didn't, you know, it was quite an extraordinary time, one of those moments or it just seems like a moment now thinking back but getting feedback from people and telling the people of Timor-Leste exactly what had happened because they weren't getting a lot from their local media so it was quite an extraordinary time but that's yeah you're right that's the feedback from the the people listening. Namila do you remember moments like that? Definitely. And in a very grassroots way, particularly when there were situations of earthquakes. And um, what I really loved about Radio Australia is the airwaves was this central point for family members to also connect with one another. So you would get hear about warnings, etc., 
coming out of Booker or Bougainville, you know, or the Solomon Islands or PNG, and people would be texting because I did the overnight show for a short period of time as well, and people would be like, hey, um, you know, my uncle from Booker texted you just before. Can I just give you an update <laughs> from Solomon Islands? This is what's happening here, and can you please let my auntie so-and-so know that um, our family is safe and well and they can come here if they need. So you would hear these kind of stories and really play quite an integral, sorry, integral and intimate part Mm -hmm. in people's lives. And that was really special. And and knowing that people could talk to me in my native tongue as well in Kwanua, that was something very special when they just needed to get a specific message to me to be able to do that as well. We know at the moment there's a sort of fight for influence on in the Pacific between uh, Australia and and, and China in particular. Do you think Radio Australia makes people feel more affectionate towards Australia in in, in practice? Or is it just a, a thing? they can use? I mean, I can only speak as a Melanesian woman. When I go back to PNG or travel around the Pacific, yes, the the place that RA has in people's hearts really is quite unique. And, you know, the airwaves is able to really grab a hold of people's affections in a way that politics can't, in a way that, you know, the more formal bodies that are in the Pacific, whether it's, say, the UN or Red Cross, etc. I don't know, there's something about the ABC where there's a real sense of pride and ownership because people feel they can genuinely engage. And they're hearing their own accents. They're hearing their own stories. They have, you know, they don't have to break down, um, you know, culturally sort of sensitive stuff either. Like you kind of just get it because there are people from the region, of Mm -hmm. course, who are working on the airwaves and and that really matters. That makes a difference. And you know what? It's a really interesting thing too that... um, that Australia was broadcasting to the Pacific when other people weren't and when other people said, well, there's no point broadcasting to the Pacific and we're talking about, you know, major international broadcasters who some of them are doing it now. New Zealand, Radio New Zealand International, great, you know, a small organisation but really getting out there. But the ABC's been there for so long and our partnership with the NBC in PNG was very important. That's the national broadcaster there. So, you know, we have got a long, long history, mm. even to the point where I had a, um, a, a person when I was in PNG say to me, I learned how to be a broadcaster by listening to you. And there was this guy who's about 23 and I felt so old. <laughs> oh, that was an awful moment. But that was in, you know, 2013. I went, I haven't been around that long. Oh, you have. You have, Phil. <laughs> uh, all of this influence, though, is not without some pushback from foreign governments. There have been points I mentioned earlier on. There's a point during, for instance, the 2006 Fiji coup when the transmitters are, are closed down at gunpoint. That was that was a moment, let me tell you, because um, after Frank Bainimarama took power, ABC did what ABC did. And this is, this is a really good example of the importance of um, Radio Australia. We contacted people. We got criticism of what had happened. You know, this was a coup by a group who believed themselves to be a legitimate government before any elections or whatever. And we would get 
members of that government, to their credit, would come on and we would we'd talk about you know the nature of democracy and the importance, and they of course would not resign from the fact that they had every right to govern, and so we would get criticism of them putting it to air, and after a little while, uh, the the Fiji government said, turn off your transmitters. Now, thankfully, Richard, our transmitters in Fiji were way up in a mountain, so they were hard to get to. And so we'd say, oh, well, we'll see if we can get somebody to go up there to turn them off. And we'd keep broadcasting to Fiji people because they were getting wrong information. They were getting misinformation. They It was it was terrible. And so we were able to get the, the facts out to them. Eventually... They found and woke up, I believe, our uh, technician and at gunpoint forced him to go up through the mountains and turn off the transmitter. And so it took, I think it was about two or three years, and another head of um, Radio Australia to negotiate a turn on them. By then, I think there'd been a number of elections, and so um, they were feeling much more comfortable well, yeah, in their but, own skin. But, but proof of the importance of it in, mm. as you say, in people's own voices. Radio Australia. Radio Australia. During periods of crisis, people turn to us. During the Fiji coups, you could uh, walk through most villages and hear Radio Australia on in the background. That's an amazing story over such a long period of time. Hey, uh, Phil, thank you for telling us. uh, uh, Thank you for the book and thank you for telling us the story. (laughs) Okay, my pleasure, Richard. Hey, see you, Namilla. (laughs) See you later. Okay. (laughs) And good on you, Namilla. Thanks very much to you as well. Namilla Benson, you can watch her on ABC TV on Artworks, of course, but a uh, a good hand at uh, Radio Australia with shows like In the Loop and and Pacific Break. And, of course, Phil Kafkaludis with the new book out this week called Australia Calling, A History of Radio Australia. Australia.